Hello, hello. It is great to see you again, and welcome back to another installment of Your Money and a Cup of Joe. I'm your host and moderator, Ryan Ruff. We've got the star of our show, Mr. Joe Kaleo of the Kaleo Wealth Management Group, joining us momentarily. Uh, but first, we want to thank you for taking out some time of your day to join us for today's conversation. And as you know, each time Joe and I get together, we dive into a new wealth management-related topic to provide some insights into Joe's world of wealth management and then offer them up to you uh, for consideration in your own wealth management portfolio. So that being said, we had a great topic that we're going to be diving into today. It's one that Joe and I really haven't spent too much time on this show, uh, you know, really delving into, and that's this idea of life insurance. Really, the overarching topic of today's episode being three reasons why life insurance should ultimately be a part of your wealth plan. You know, it's, it's funny, life insurance is one of those topics that doesn't necessarily get the same level of attention maybe as, as investments or, or uh, just other strategies in wealth planning as a whole. But Joe's got a few key reasons here today why you should be considering it for your own you know, wealth portfolio. And I'm excited to bring him on and get that conversation rolling. So let's go ahead and do just that. Joe, how are you doing today? Good to see you. Doing great, Ryan. Great to see you. Excited for today's topic. Yeah, me too. This is a good one. And and we haven't, like I said, really taken that dive into life insurance yeah. yet. So yeah, I'm excited. So uh, first question for you, uh, you know, in, in your experiences with your clients, you are a firm believer that life insurance should be a key part of most, pe most people's wealth plans. Why is this exactly? Give us that overview. Yeah, Ryan, it says right there in overview, right? When you start with an overview, you've got to start with wealth planning and the overall picture for an individual or for a couple. And then how does life insurance fit in that overall picture, right? We don't start with life insurance and work back into everything else. You start with the overall wealth plan, wealth planning for the person or the couple. And then how does life insurance fit into that picture? And so it does satisfy a multitude of areas or possibilities. And so that's part of what we're going to talk about today. Yeah. So let's, let's take that zoom out here, Joe, talk to me, you know, give me that 10,000 foot view of, if you will, of just really this overall importance of wealth planning in general, in developing that big picture idea. Why should we be doing that? Yeah, wealth planning, Ryan, obviously incorporates lots of different things, right? How much do you have in investments? How much are you saving? What are you putting away for retirement? Maybe for kids' college or anything of that nature, uh, either for your health care in retirement or maybe you're playing a caregiver to somebody. So obviously, there are lots of different pockets in wealth planning that are, are screaming for your money and how do you divide all that up? And life insurance is no different in that regard to make sure that some of the things that you're trying to accomplish can be accomplished with life insurance and how do you allocate those dollars in that avenue? So that's part of what we're looking at. So what I'm ultimately hearing, you know, through that, Joe, is that a lot of this focus on wealth planning should really be on the person and a little less focus on the products necessarily. Am I correct in saying that? Absolutely right. Because you have to understand what the person, where they are in their life stage and what they're trying to accomplish. And then how do you put that into effect? And so when you are accomplishing that or looking to accomplish their certain goals and wants or needs, one type of life insurance may work for one person, but it may be totally wrong for somebody else. So you do have to understand the person and their goals and then satisfy if there's a life insurance need, what kind of structure that may take on. Roger that, Joe. And in, in that next 
I guess the next step there would be, is there, is there any signs really that anybody should be looking out for any indications that they could identify to tell them that, Hey, maybe wealth planning is an action step that I should consider taking for myself. Yeah. Take into account what it is that they want and are looking to accomplish, right? There are both wants and needs in that. And so when you look at that, Let's start with probably the number one reason people buy life insurance, and that is to replace lost income to support the loved ones that they care about if they were to pass away premature or unexpectedly, right? That's the number one reason people buy life insurance, and that's often the reason why they'll do it. So let's start there, and that's oftentimes the number one area in wealth planning that they're going to look at. Second, they want to make sure that they have the confidence that they have the wealth to last for them and or their family into and through retirement, right? So when we look at that, you know, a 65-year-old married couple today has a 50% chance of living to 88 and a 25% chance of someone living to 94. And so if you're living to 90 or maybe even 100, and one doesn't, but one does, you want to make sure that they are taken care of for their lifetime. So it's not only making something illiquid liquid, but it's also making sure that your family is taken care of right through retirement. So that's a big part of it. Third area as well, Ryan, is a key business uh, person, a key person within a business or a business partner is a third area of wealth planning and life insurance strategies that can come into play. So I have three very different ways life insurance can play a part of wealth planning and what someone's trying to accomplish. I love that. And you know, one thing that I've heard, Joe, just in various walks of life is that this idea of life insurance, it can in some ways almost be looked at as this uh, Swiss army knife for this very versatile tool within somebody's overall financial portfolio. Would you agree with that? And if so, you know, how would you, you know, make that comparison to a Swiss army knife? Yeah. So let's say Swiss army knife has so many different tools in its little tool, right? A mm -hmm. tool in a tool or several tools within a tool. And so many times people think, Oh, life insurance, they don't want to talk about it because they just don't think it has the redeeming quality, but it does, right? Because there are different types of life insurance structures. There are different ways to have the solution be provided to you, whether you're an individual or a couple or for a business. And so understanding the different tools that are available to you may make it easier for you then to approach the subject and find the, the solution that's best for you. Sure. A Swiss army knife. First thing that pops into my head is just versatility as a whole. So let's get into, into that element. Could you maybe showcase or highlight for us, you know, why life insurance in the first place is so versatile in the wealth yeah. planning toolkit? Yeah. So it's versatile, right? Because, and we, we touched on this in one of the prior questions, uh, you're taking something that's not liquid and making it liquid, right? And you need to do that, right? So if I passed away today, I have life insurance for my wife. So it's going to replace the lost income and savings that I would have the rest of my working career to provide her for the rest of her working career and through her retirement. So it's taking something that's not liquid, but making it liquid. So that's one. Two, making something else that's not liquid and making it liquid might be a business, for example. 
So if someone has an estate that's large enough or a business that's going well, but it's not liquid and someone passes away and that business is worth something that's then a taxable estate, that life insurance can then take that and turn it into something that's liquid to help pay estate taxes. So it can be very helpful for the business owner or the family of that business owner who's passed away prematurely or unexpectedly. And so they don't have to liquidate the business to satisfy the taxes that have come about because of their passing. So that's, that's part of it. And it also provides certainty, right? You know that at the end of the day, if the life insurance is in place, you've paid your premiums and it pays out at the time of death, you know what you're getting. You know what the benefits are at that time. So then you have certainty as to what to expect at a certain timeline. So there are some solutions here within life insurance that give you value at the time of your wealth plan. Yeah, I'm here. The writing's on the wall there in terms of the value that is available with life insurance. And that being said, let's talk about the goals then, Joe. What would be the goals then that life insurance could ultimately help somebody achieve? Yeah, goals of cash, providing cash, whether it's for the replacement of lost income or for paying the taxes that are necessary, as we just talked about, for that business that was then illiquid. Or I even have some business owners or some people in general that have land, right? And so it goes back to providing cash to pay the taxes on some asset that they would prefer not to liquidate, and it can stay in the family. And so that's important for someone to understand what is that goal? How do we structure it? What what problem or what area are we solving for to make sure that they get their goals satisfied? So providing the cash or the liquidity is very important in that. So it's providing for loved ones that they care about or some of the, uh, some of the charities or some of the entities that they care about. It's providing solutions for some of those entities that they care about overall. So it's providing cash potentially, and as well as to potentially address business concerns. We haven't really touched on that too much, Ryan, but there are potential business going concerns that insurance can help take care of as well. I love that. And, you know, Joe, I was going to ask you to kind of do a deep dive on maybe all three of those, you know, those factors you had mentioned, the providing for the loved ones and the causes you care about. And then of course, addressing personal needs or future needs. But I really like this third one. So I'll ask you to maybe take a deeper dive into that one. How would it be used to address a business concern for a business owner? Yeah. So for example, I had a business owner who had a key person within his office and he wanted to take care of her because he thought, if I lose her, I'm really going to be hurt. And so what we did was we put a key man policy in place for his office administrator, and it did two things for him in this regard. One, it provided him life insurance proceeds if she were to pass away prematurely that he, he said, you know, it might take two or three people to replace that one person. So he now then had the proceeds to pay for and raise up other people that the, could take over that person's position. So that was one. Two, in that policy, he had a cash value. And cash value was tax-deferred growth of a portion of the premium. And so the nice thing was, he said, look, if she stays with me till retirement, I want to give her an extra benefit. And so then he could take that cash value and pay that as a bonus to her upon her retirement. And so the structure of the life insurance in this case for him 
worked out and it satisfied two goals at the same time. And so there, that's a key man policy, in this case, key woman policy, but it is called key man policies. And it satisfied both goals for him and it helped her at the same time. So you can have some structures. There's also uh, buy sell agreements. So if there are two or more partners in a business, making sure that you have a policy in place. So that way, if the business were to continue, the one surviving partner could buy out the heirs of the one who passed away and the business can be a going entity and there's no liquidation that's necessary. So insurance does have lots of potential solutions that people don't normally think about because they just hear the term insurance and don't really like the thought of it and don't want to be open to the ideas or the possibilities. Yeah, Joe, I hear you loud and clear on that because my next question was kind of when you're sitting down with your clients, Joe, and you're going through maybe it's the discovery process or a check-in of some sort, and you bring up the word insurance, I would imagine it's not always met with the same smiles that these you know, exciting, cutting-edge investment opportunities might have. So what's that dance of a conversation like with you and your clients when you, whenever you're floating this idea of leveraging insurance policies for true value that you've laid out in front of us today? I've had a conversation with a business owner this morning, and we've been discussing both he and his wife about his wealth plan and his insurance. And it was just he and I this morning. And he's like, is she wanting to bump me off? And I said, no, not at all. But they both recognize they're both underinsured. And his business is a good, growing concern. It's a growing entity right? And so we know that even we buy insurance today, we'll probably have to increase it in the future. But having that conversation of how much is right today and how much is right for the future is something that should be reevaluated from time to time. I bought a life insurance policy on my wife a few years ago. Her business is going well and it has grown. I need to review her policy and probably increase that as well. So not only putting it in place with some potential growth expectations for both the business owner I spoke to this morning, but my wife, but then also knowing that it should be reviewed periodically because it should also be adaptable. It should also adjust to the growing needs, right? For whether it's a state liquidity or just growing concerns for the goals that you had previously set, it should be reviewed periodically. I'm so glad you mentioned that, Joe, because that also ties into so many other conversations we've had on this show about how various strategies that we implement within a wealth plan, it's not a one-size-fit-all solution, and it's not a one-and-done a one kind of solution. These are things that need to be reviewed periodically to make sure that you're making the best decision that you can for yourself because, hey, let's face it, look at the last two years we've all experienced anything can change at any given time. So I'm glad you you mentioned, you know, that periodic review process, even when it comes to insurance. So Joe, we've thrown a lot at our audience in terms of benefits and value that's there for, for insurance, life insurance policies and why it should be part of the wealth plan. If somebody out there watching, listening to our conversation today, maybe they're interested in reaching out to you and your team to continue this conversation, maybe get some insights on their own personal situations and how that could uh, you know, be incorporated in, how would they best go about reaching out to you and your team to maybe get that conversation rolling? They can always give us a call or find us, send us an email. We're happy to visit. We can always give them a second opinion if they'd like on something that they have either within their wealth plan or their overall wealth plan. So it's certainly something we're happy to talk about. 
Um, we can give them just, you know, even if it's a deep dive on insurance, but we prefer to look at the overall wealth plan as a whole. So we understand the full picture, right? We want to give them a full financial physical before we ever look at any one particular area. Roger that. And Joe, uh, as we bring our conversation here to a head, is there any final thoughts you have for us maybe on just this idea of why life insurance should really be a, a key part of your wealth toolkit? I would just have them be open-minded about what the potential solutions are, because I know a lot of people, as we talked about earlier, shudder at the thought of life insurance. It doesn't have to be a nasty word or a bad product or a bad entity. It can give you lots of different solutions along the way and be happy to show them what, what's worked in the past. Fantastic. Well, Joe, so appreciate you carving some time out of your day to be with us and walk us through, you know, the, the really the value that is associated with life insurance and uh, looking forward to having you back for another conversation down the road. We'll see you again shortly, Ryan. Thanks. All right. Thank you so much, Joe. And hey, we want to take one final moment to thank you, our audience, for jumping on board the conversation today. If you liked what you saw, you liked what you heard, please do us a favor, comment on the show, subscribe to it on the platform you're checking us out on. And then of course, share this information with friends, family, business owners, even because at the end of the day, these are conversations that are meant for you. We're bringing on, or, you know, we're tapping into Joe's experience in this wealth management world. Uh, you know, unpacking a lot of great lessons, a lot of great strategies that could be potentially incorporated into your own world. Today, it was life insurance. Next episode could be something else. We don't want to give it away just yet, but we hope to have you with us for that next episode. So for Mr. Joe Kaleo, I'm Ryan Ruff. We're going to say so long today. We thank you so much once again for joining us on today's edition of Your Money and a Cup of Joe. This presentation is for informational and educational purposes only and should not be relied upon as investment advice or the basis for making any investment decisions. The views and opinions expressed may not be those of UBS Financial Services Incorporated. UBS Financial Services Incorporated does not verify and does not guarantee the accuracy or completeness of the information presented. This material is made available for use by CEG. Neither UBS Financial Services Incorporated nor any of its employees provide tax or legal advice. You should consult with your personal tax or legal advisor regarding your personal circumstances. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients, UBS Financial Services Incorporated offers investment advisory services in its capacity as an SEC registered investment advisor and brokerage services in its capacity as an SEC registered broker dealer. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways, and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. It is important that clients understand the ways in which we conduct business, that they carefully read the agreements and disclosures that we provide to them about the products or services we offer. For more information, please review the PDF document at UBS.com slash relationship summary. UBS Financial Services Incorporated is a subsidiary of UBS AG, member FINRA, member SIPC. Joe Kaleo at Kaleo Wealth Management Group, UBS Financial Services Incorporated, office address 200 West Highway 6, Suite 400 in Waco, Texas, 76712.